This is where the gaslighting gets really good. My nickname around these parts is dead weight. I haven't been considering scissoring. I'm prepared to travel in time. We were deep into an Adam Sandler rabbit hole on this podcast. How did that happen? A lifetime of Hallmark. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. It's your favorite day of the week. It's time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we... Uh, talk about movies on Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. Our opening has changed a little bit. Yeah, I thought I'd switch it up. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're still in the first month of 2021. I figured I had time to swap it out. I like it. I like it. It yeah. sounds okay. good. Good. Thanks. It has, has a line about me not I hadn't considered scissoring. Yes. I, I remember you said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's remember? like a slice, a slice of life from our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, we're here. It's 2021. I am already feeling better than 2020. Um, things are looking up. And, and, um, how are you guys doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? Why don't, uh, does anybody have any black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. (laughs) Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Wow, new, new Black China. Intro too. Well, so the, the the new uh, intros were prompted by the, the I wanted to get rid of the Black China intro because I didn't want to hear that guy's voice anymore. So it's like, well, I'm doing this one. I'll do the other one too. Yeah, right. I like it. They were good intros, though. Oh, thanks. So, here, let me play it again. Doing a piece of China, China, China. I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Thank you. You're okay. I. You know, I did a search on Black China, and there just wasn't any news today. But luckily, I just watched the most recent episode of The Real Black China. What did you think? I thought, this is my news report. It's going to be on this episode that I watched. (laughs) Well, I never really saw Black China in action before. And, um, well, it starts out, Tokyo Tony is having a big argument with Black China's best friend, Treasure. Her name is Treasure. Yes. We never came across, I never read about her in the, the, the report. So it's, it's good that I have this new, um, this, this new viewing of mm-hmm. <laughs> the real Black China. Yeah, uh, have you watched this, Les? You saw this episode? Yes, because I, I only saw the part where uh, Tokyo Tony and Treasure were having a discussion in the park and Ashton was like refereeing. Yeah, they have a, they have a big fight. And then... Um, Tokyo Tony talks to her friend Benji, who's a family friend, and Benji seems to be wearing a potato sack and boots, <laughs> like knee-high boots. So he's kind of like, he's, he has like showing some shoulders. Show, he's an interesting-looking person. And she's, she's talking about how when she had a fight with a black china, and she, she uh, threw a, f- a flip-flop at her and then threw like a vase <laughs> and some other stuff, and this yeah. went on. Then um, Black China is is uh, Black China is like the most normal person on the show. She is opening. She has a location. She has a she has a brick and mortar store, 
in Los Angeles. Oh, where? She's doing, I don't know. It's called, it's called Latched. Oh, but I, th- I think they're opening it on the show. Uh, okay. Because I need to go there, like, yeah. tomorrow. It's probably <laughs> right near where I live. That's where a lot of the boutiques are. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, Tokyo Tony gets uh, Black China to agree to meet with her in a restaurant. They meet in a restaurant. You know, cameras are there, obviously. And this is so that, you know, because they don't want a big scene. They don't want anything screaming or flip-flop throwing or anything like that. <laughs> and Tokyo Tony just goes on this, this monologue. And she starts crying. I'd have to write down this dialogue and perform this when I get to go on auditions again. Yeah. For like Shakespeare roles and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Black China just sits there. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And, and Tokyo Tony uh, accuses Black China. She says she's mean. Black China's mean to her uh, employees. Les, who are you texting? We can hear you. <laughs> a Toyota Maxima. <laughs> what are you doing? Aren't you paying oh, attention? Oh, I was going to Google Lashed and see if, it, if I could find it. <laughs> Doing research I think on because company time. Um, okay. So anyway, Black China. No, it's okay. You can do it. Um, <laughs> so then they start, what's really funny is Black China and Tokyo Tony, they start like kind of arguing with, with, with the camera people. They start talking to, talking to the camera people. Like, did you hear me say that? Did you hear me say that? I didn't say that. Les, if you're going to text during the show, you need to at least mute your phone. Uh, it's that way? You can hear it that way? Yes, I can hear the clicking. I can hear the whoosh sound when you send it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I've already... It's Okay, well, I've already found it, though. Lash okay. is... Okay. Lash is in the, veil, in the valley. It's, it's in Encino. Oh, okay. So it was for the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not um, mad. I was just like, he knows we can hear this, right? <laughs> so that's what I got, man. This is a this is a true report that I did. The real Black China on WeTV. And it's, you know what's interesting? At the very end of the show, they show the Zeus. It says Zeus. Remember? Oh. There was TV. So Zeus must be like must be a producer. Yeah, they the probably show. own part of it. Well, they also might have, well, TV may have gotten rights to the old episodes as well. Right. Oh, maybe it was an old episode. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe old it's like Cobra Kai, how it moved from uh, YouTube TV to Netflix. <laughs> this moved from Zeus yeah. TV to, to Weed TV. Yeah, well. I got to tell you, it's actually not a bad show. Like, it's not horrible. Well, I just find the people, the supporting cast of the show, I'm trying to figure out who they are, because, like, what, who they are gender-wise, who they are in just terms, like, these outfits are, are things I've never seen before, like the guys wearing a potato sack or burlap sack, or I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's Tally wrapped around himself. I mean, I, I appreciate their confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really an interesting group of people. Yeah, it's 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 on my it's on my instant DVR list. So it DVRs automatically every week. Do you think well, you're going to watch it regularly, yeah. Kurt? Well, you know, it's interesting because I just got this I, I, I this Philo TV, and I never had a DVR before, and I don't think I can. <gasps> you have a DVR? I have it on this Philo mm-hmm. TV. Mm-hmm. So oh now my I, god! I finally have DVR. Yeah, for the, for those oh of you at home. I would have to watch many of these movies in real time, like a Hallmark movie when it's actually actually airing. But now I have a Philo TV and I can I can actually DVR things. But I th- I don't think you have the option of DVRing one episode. You have to DVR the whole thing whenever it comes on. Oh really? <laughs> That's I kind think. Of crazy. Oh really? 
I'm trying to figure this out. It's just a, it's saved. So I think whenever we'll see, we'll see. Because I have sling, I have a sling TV and they give you the option. They're like, it's like, do you want to record the whole series or do you just want to record this right. episode? Yeah. And I okay. have uh, AT&T now, the same thing. I Although ATT didn't record this up. week's movie, even though I said it to record it, thankfully it was on the uh, the Lifetime app. Uh, oh. I ended up watching this movie live. Ooh. Oh, before we go into the movie, I have a squib report. <laughs> and now it's Squibster with Les Kirk and Barrett. It's 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 a minor squib it's a minor squib report, but it's very important to us. So yesterday, I actually posted something on Facebook about about um, something, and one of our friends, he's a friend of mine, and actually a friend of Kurt's too. Yeah, commented on the what I posted, and then put, by the way. I need to tell you about the time I did regional theater with June Squibb. Yeah. I want to know about this. So, so A, he listens to our podcast. Who is the, what's his name? Peter. Peter, we want you on the show. We want the full scoop on Squibb. And and Peter would be good. Peter would be good on the show too. Peter's great. Yeah. Peter, Peter's funny. But but this just means that so far then I am June Squib adjacent with two different people. Yeah. So make Which it happen, Lance. Why isn't June Squib herself on this show? I have a feeling though that we may end up meeting June Squib or talking to June Squib just yeah. from the law of averages. Just from the law of averages. Two different people and just two people, right? entirely different portions of my life no june squib wow this is like spreading like crazy we're gonna need a vaccine against the june, june squib because <laughs> no, I mean, no you know i, I just i want june squib herb immunity bring it on got it well good <laughs> yeah so so there you go i have a feeling i have a feeling 21 2021 is going to be our year that we end up chatting with June Louise Squibb. Well, we just heard sad news that Cloris Leachman passed away. I'm so bummed I know. about that. So bummed Phyllis about Lindstrom. That. Yeah, and I remember some, <laughs> a, a, a TV critic when she was on The Facts of Life, they wrote, from last picture show to worst television show. Aww. And I disagree with that. It's me. How, how dare they criticize 2D show? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was reading the obituary. I don't know if it was from Hollywood Reporter or one of them, but like they buried the fact that she was on Facts of Life in her obituary. Like they they get to it eventually, but they talked about like twenty different credits before they got to a series that she was on for three full years. Right. Wasn't that long? Yeah. Right. That right. show was on for yeah. That show was on for. 10 years like like they literally grew up on the show yeah those girls and you know what they did they took the good (laughs) and the bad it took them both (laughs) there you have excellent both and there you have (laughs) did you see tootie when she made a cameo appearance on cobra kai yes yeah i did yeah (laughs) 
Anywho, yes, rest in peace, Cloris Leachman. <laughs> yeah. Betty White is like at the end of the day, Betty White is still going. You know, I is there anybody a few years ago, I went to a taping of Hot in Cleveland that I was able to get in because I knew somebody that worked for the producing studio because it was an episode where they were doing a Mary Tyler Moore reunion. So, you know, Betty White's on Hot in Cleveland. And then so Mary Tyler Moore was in the episode, as was Valerie uh, um, Harper, as was Cloris Leachman, as was uh, Georgia Engel. And it's like Betty and Georgia, the, the last two standing. Right. Is uh, right. Gavin Brown still alive? Uh, no, he uh, died many years ago. It was, it was, uh, I said, yeah, it was, it was like the ladies in Mary Tyler Moore were on the episode. Oh, cause yeah, I think, I, cause I think it's, 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 uh, Georgette, uh, Betty White and Ed Asner are the last three. Oh, Ed yeah. Asner's still alive. Yeah. 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 Also on Cobra Kai. You are Wrong. Gavin McLeod is 89. He's still alive. Go, Wait, Gavin. Captain Merrill Steubing is still alive? Oh. Yes, he is. 89 okay. years old. You know, I think we actually had this conversation on the podcast before. I think I was wrong last time, too. Captain Merrill Steubing is still alive. That's good news. We did, because we talked about the episode where he slaps uh, Julie, or he slapped, yes. you know, he slapped his daughter. Yeah. yeah, he slaps Vicky in the face in one of the episodes because he was drinking just before, but we haven't talked about it in 2021 yet. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, he catches me. Somebody gives her a bottle of wine. And she's like, ah, this song, give me a bottle of wine. And he slaps her in the face. Mm. I don't. Wow. Jason, you uh, froze for a second. I am here. And I, and I have you guys, so we're good. But um, yeah, if he would have if he would have slapped Julie, that would have been hashtag Me Too would have been ahead of its time. Well, when we talked about this before, I made that I made that mistake then as well. I said he slapped Julie in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep making. Yeah, thing. it would have been called. It would have been called Julie's Love Boat if yeah. he slapped her in the face. <laughs> anyway, well, let's get into this movie. Yeah. I guess what is this considered like a ripped from the headlines? This would be a, a straight. This is a straight up biopic. This because the ripped from the headlines is like they take a, a a big scandalous story and they they use it as a framework, but they'll change character names and whatnot. This was a straight up biopic. It had a legit director and, too. And I think that. Life. This is a new universe for Lifetime because there are a lot of biopics. I think there's like a yep. biopic a week. Yeah, maybe they realized after yeah. they did that, they showed that Olivia Newton-John one that uh, there was an appetite for it. It wasn't being because served. it is because yeah, Salt and Pepper this week. Wendy Will Williams is next week, and then there's another one in a couple of weeks. So there's I think it's Houston. like a new universe for them. I think there's a Whitney Houston one. Yeah, that's in two. That's in three weeks. Whitney Houston. They didn't. They that's do the a Whitney one. There was a Whitney one on TV a few years back. I think it was Lifetime. It was, but not good. But yeah, this is a brand one. A, okay. a Whitney Houston one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is wait, wait? It might not have been it, so. It, I don't. It might have been a. Oh, yeah, it was a TV movie. Nearly certain it was for Lifetime, and nearly certain it was 
uh, heavily implied in the movie that Whitney got Bobby into drugs, not the other way around. I saw that. Yeah. You guys cut out again. Hello? But yeah, it's so... Hello, and hello, it, and hello, it's hello, funny hello, 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 hello. Okay, there you are. All right. Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. The, uh, it keeps cutting out. Um, I had said that uh, Whitney got Bobby into drugs, not the other way around. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. But this is a new one. And so, and the funny thing that I noticed too is their biopics are all black lady singer biopics because they're going to do one about Mahalia Jackson as well. Who's that? I saw the promo for that. She was a singer. She was a gospel singer from the 60s. She was heavily involved in the civil rights movement. Um, she was the precursor to Aretha Franklin, and um, and she's going to be played by one of the women. Oh, the woman! She's going to be played by the woman who played Tasty on Orange Is the New Black. Oh yes, yeah, I recognized her. I wasn't sure where I remembered her from. Yeah. So I guess that's a new Lifetime universe: the Black Lady Singer or Entertainer biopic. Okay. Okay. Works for me. This was good. Yeah. Well, Mary right. Van Peebles. They got Mary Van Peebles directing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let Let's get Let's get into Let's get into this. Shoot, okay. shoot, a doop. Yeah, we haven't even shoot. said okay. what the movie is yet. It is salt, salt, salt and, pepper. and pepper. Yeah. Salt on, pepper. on Lifetime. Salt and pepper on Lifetime. So so we start out. It's 2005, and we see Salt in a limo, and we see Peppa in a different limo. And they, uh, Peppa seems a little hesitant. Like, the person who's in the limo with her is like, are you okay? And she was, like, a little nervous. So then we hear Queen Latifah on stage uh, making an announcement and then Queen Latifah bring, like announces them and brings them both on stage and then we go back to 1985 in Queens. Now did you hear them say that they hadn't seen each other in like years but they were just in like 10 years. Up, but they were just showing up to do a performance all of a sudden. <laughs> Like yeah, no, that, that made no sense for a couple reasons. Uh, the biggest being that if you're doing a performance on the VH1 Hip Hop Honors, you're getting together to rehearse that thing. You're not just showing up and knowing your marks for the cameras. Right. I thought that was odd. I also thought they, they said they hadn't seen each other in 10 years, but going off of the timeline that is laid out in the movie, it's only six years between when they last saw each other and when this, uh, when the VH1 hip hop honors took place. Right. Yeah. Right. So they're rehearsing things of father May. I was like, yeah, it's very dramatic for the movie, but come on. Yeah. Even if they've done that performance many times, you'd have to get together and yeah. Yeah. Rehearse that. You and I like the way that like, Peppa was dressed because she had a hat and big glasses. Mm-hmm. But it was ni- at night. Um, so we go back to 1985 and we see 
salt, otherwise no, we see Peppa, otherwise known as Sandy. Sandy's her government name. And we see Sandy going to college. She's going to school. She's in the quad. She meets Cheryl. She meets Cheryl, who is salt. But this is pre. This is pre before they were salt and pepper. And so, so Cheryl is handing out these job applications because she worked at Sears in the telemarketing room, and I guess they had this thing going that you get a dollar for every application that you handed out. And so her goal was to hand out a thousand applications. So she literally was handing out applications to everybody in the quad. Mm -hmm. And so Peppa took one and they just became like instant friends. So, um, so wait, then they, they, um, they, uh, Cheryl is talking to her boyfriend. Her boyfriend wants to make a, a rap. Her boyfriend's like a, 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 up and coming producer, but like they were doing the recording like in his house. Well, he also said that he wanted to to enlist her to rap with him because he wants to be the Ashford and Simpson of rap. <laughs> Solid as a rock. Yeah, they hit it the right. Well, they were huge songwriters too at the time. Okay. Yeah, and so. So that, yeah, because then they write, like, reach out and touch somebody's hand, the Diana Ross. They, they, Probably, they yeah. They, they were, like, <laughs> kind of what you see a lot of today where, like, an artist will write a bunch of hits for other people and then they get their own shot. Right. So, so, they, so, they, so they rap and then Herbie's like, wait a minute. I have an idea. Why don't I have a group with two women rapping? And so then we cut to their telemarketing job, which actually I wouldn't have minded working there. So it's like their telemarketing job. It's Sandy's first day on the job. The boss introduces her to Cheryl. Cheryl's on a call, but the boss walks away. And then Cheryl's like, oh, no, I called. I don't really make calls. Mm -hmm. And so in this telemarketing room, it was Martin Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Kid and play. Yeah. And I was like, that was a fun job. Yeah, they all work together. Isn't that funny? Like, I had no idea. I'd never heard Kurt, that before. You know who Kid and play is, right? I love Kid. I love House Party. I saw yeah. that movie. When I was in high school, I went to see House Party. And it was, I was, I was, I was amazed. I love it. Yeah. So I love, and I love the fact, I love the fact that they all worked in this telemarketing room and then Martin would just like tell jokes. Yeah. He would like hold court in the center of a room and just start spitballing ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down that it was, was sort like of a like a nineties pre, uh, pre nineties Mickey mouse club. Cause remember how like from the Mickey mouse club, yeah. you had like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera and, um, uh, Carrie Russell and Ryan Gosling were all in Mickey Mouse Club together. Yeah. Yeah. The Sears room. The uh, Sears customer service room was the mouse club of his day. Yeah. Yeah. What they, they had to find an actor. What if they found an actor with that, with the hair, like the 
kid play hair kid oh, that right? was a wig oh that was definitely a wig yeah then we find out that like um sandy's you know kind of really no sorry cheryl cheryl is kind of religious and kind of uptight and sandy is like the opposite sandy's like a, a hellcat she's wild and she loves to have fun so like the would you say scene, that cheryl is hallmark channel sandy and take- sandy is lifetime Exactly. 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 And and, and one step further, San, Sandy, uh, like Cheryl, would be like uh, Lacey Chabert, and then uh, Sandy would be like one of Lifetime Channel villains. Oh, speaking of, she's that that extreme. Speaking of Lacey, we didn't even get to Kurt right before the podcast started. Kurt said that he walked in and his dad was watching a Lacey Chabert movie. Yes, yeah, tell know. us about this. What was he watching? I, what I thought maybe I was ha- having a fever dream or something. And I didn't ask what was going on. Maybe I'll ask. You didn't uh, recognize it yeah. as something you had seen already? No, I don't think it's something I'd seen. It's, I was, I'm, I'm at my parents' house right now, so my mom might knock on the door. Last time I was doing a, a podcast in my room, after the podcast I came out and she said, sounds like you were in there talking to yourself for two hours <laughs> <laughs> no it's a podcast but no i had on i think like a hallmark like mysteries or something oh, but it was, yeah. it was a straight hallmark but it was a straight hallmark movie with Lacey chabert he had it on i think I like, oh, she, that means he was- she has like a recurring movie series on hallmark movies and mysteries i think it involves crossword puzzles Yes, it's the crossword puzzle mysteries. I did hear something about crossword. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what he was yes. watching. Your, yeah. your dad was watching the crossword puzzle mysteries. He usually only watches the Shawshank Redemption and that Kevin Costner movie, Open Range. So now he's got three. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> he might listen to this podcast. I couldn't imagine, but he doesn't. I don't think he has email. So. Ah. so, so yeah, you know, he doesn't really listen to podcasts. But maybe That's he'll study. Maybe he'll start. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe he'll start. Uh, oh, okay. So Sandy is trying to, Sandy's trying to make Cheryl more fun. So Sandy takes her to like a male strip show. Mm-hmm. And the stripper like brings Sandy on stage and Sandy, you know, is like, woo. So then um, we find out that Sandy, Peppa, actually was going to school to be a therapist. Yeah. And I liked her car because they got into her car and her car had a big hole in the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you like, could see the road. Like the Flintstones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then, of course, this being a Lifetime or a Hallmark movie, they talked about the trope which is we find out that sandy's dad had passed away I see dead people. and then it gets a little deep oh yeah because then we find out that sandy was a cutter mm-hmm. yeah i was like oh wow nice and so the, the, um, there were a you know, then- couple heavy issues that they've really glossed over. That was one of them. They they allude to, or they, they have a scene later in the movie, too, where she almost does. 
And then they also yeah. like they kind of heavily allude to the fact that uh, that Cheryl had an eating disorder, but yes. they don't really come out and say it or talk about it. Right. They showed yeah. it. Yeah. Like, they showed it, but they didn't talk about it. Right. And then, like later in, because um, there was a doc. Did you guys watch the documentary after? I did not. No. The documentary after Cheryl talked about how she had a, uh, you know, she'd been bulimic for like a decade or something crazy oh, like wow. that. So, um, yeah, so that was right on. It was right, you know, there was right information with that. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So then. We're, so then they're in the studio, but the studio is actually Herbie's mother's basement. Yeah, and well, I love the part. I love the part they're rapping and the mom is dancing and having a good time. <laughs> That's where I'm recording right now. Yeah, so in Herbie's studio. And then I wrote here in your basement. <laughs> and then I wrote. I'm trying to remember what Herbie did, but I wrote Herbie was a dick. Well. Did you see Herbie in the thriller jacket when he's working at Sears? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you know what's weird? Herbie Herbie's listed as a producer of this movie, and it doesn't put him in the best light. No, it doesn't at all. I I oh, guess oh, you've got to be pretty evolved then to like what I I, I bet like what dick, happened is man. they they said, Hey, dude, we're doing this story whether you like it or not. If you want to make some money off the fact that we're doing it, then take the producer credit and leave us alone. Probably. Yeah. Probably because yeah, I was like, Yeah, he he did not come off. That's interesting that he was a producer because he did not come off well at all. Um, and but then Sandy is establishes early on that Sandy is not putting up with shit from anybody. Yeah. So then they cut back to the telemarketing room and like Martin's doing a set mm -hmm. <laughs> in the middle of the room again. <laughs> that must have been like the funnest off. day job. <laughs> He's getting a thousand hours in, like not. Malcolm, uh, yeah, Malcolm yeah. Gladwell, a thousand hours. He has a thousand hours standing. So then this part cracked me up too because, you know, at, at the beginning of the movie when they first went into this telemarketing room, Cheryl established that she faked doing this job. Well, the boss comes in, and so she's like, Sandy, Cheryl, I need to speak with you for a second. So then, so you think, uh-oh, they got caught faking this job. Well, the boss calls them in and gives them a raise. Yeah. <laughs> $2, $2 an hour, which is a, a big raise even now, but especially in 1985, that's a huge raise. Yeah. They should have stuck with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, six weeks later, they're they're driving down the street, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, they hear their song on the radio. Mm -hmm. And so they do the obligatory, oh, my God, it's our song. The car in the middle of the street and dance in the middle of the street. So that's yeah, the car that has a hole in the, the floor. Because if I danced on my car, I'd crash through it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, so I, don't, 
Any movie that features musicians, when they have that moment where they hear their song on the radio, it gets me every time. The, one of my favorite movie scenes of all time is in that thing you do when they hear the song on the radio and they're all like <gasps> oh running God. down the street and they're jumping up and down and they go in the appliance. Like, I love that scene. <gasps> that scene makes well, me cry yeah. on that thing you do. Yeah. It makes me cry every it. time. I got to admit, the first time I heard our podcast on my computer, I jumped up on the car. (laughs) 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 And Kurt doesn't even own a car. It was somebody else's and they were not happy. It was. That car was much, much sturdier than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys guys remember when this song came out? the, the The Showstopper song? I don't. Uh, no. Because I do. I used to listen to, they could have cut to a young Kurt Fitzpatrick sitting in his room in 1985, and I was listening to Lady B Street Beat on Power 99 FM, and they'd always play like the new rap music on Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and it was before like rap wasn't quite mainstream, and I remember hearing that song when it first came out, and they were super well, nature, salt and pepper, they were super nature at that yeah. time. Well, Supernature didn't get paid for that song. Yeah, yeah I like because where I, I grew up in, in a, you know, even though I wasn't far from Philadelphia, I was we could like hear their stations. I didn't really listen to them because they were like a little bit out of reception area. So in Allentown, we didn't have a like a black music station. We didn't, you know, it was like the top forty station, and they might play a couple of songs, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we find out that they got ripped off. Like they didn't get paid. Yeah. But they used to happen more than you think. They made that whole song around that revenge of the nerds song. And I don't think the revenge of the nerds people got paid either. Right. Who was getting paid on that? Uh, the record company probably. Wait, did they take a, this I'm, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. They, they made a song built on a song from revenge of the nerds. You remember the part of revenge of the nerds when they have a big talent show and they're all like musicians. Vaguely. Yes. Vaguely. Vaguely. There's a scene where they're all playing and the song is like, that's the song of revenge of the nerds. Oh, and Lamar raps. I remember that. Music or they just, they recreated that music for this supernature song type of song. Okay. Yeah. And then back when you could sample and kind of get away with it. I think you could. Yeah. Yeah. I believe there was a lawsuit that kind of put an end to that, which may have involved De La Soul. I could be wrong, but I think it did. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a time that you could sample and kind like kind of get away. Not all the time, but every now and then, mm-hmm. right. we're getting yeah. away with. Yep. So then, Herbie brought in Spinderella, and I never knew that there was more than one Spinderella. I know it's like we're with you, Dan. And so. For so the song "Push It," I love the fact that the song "Push It" was recorded in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. I actually hadn't made that connection yet. 
Oh, that's hilarious. Was, I, I like later in the movie, uh, someone refers to that song at a very apropos moment. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, so, oh, so then this is kind of where Sandy's eating problems started. Like this was like the ground zero of the eating problem because she was going to eat some chips or Cheryl was going to eat some potato chips. And Herbie was like, are you sure you do? You, are you sure you want to eat that? You're looking kind of heavy. So boom. Yeah. There you go. And then she sees Herbie she catches Herbie with Spinderella. First mm, Spinderella. So, so then I love this part too, because if you're, so if you don't know who Salt and Peppa, like if you weren't familiar with Salt and Peppa back in the day, they were known for their asymmetrical haircuts. Mm -hmm. That was like their thing. We then realize that the reason why they had those asymmetrical haircuts is because Cheryl was doing, was like perming Sandy's hair and a bunch of Sandy's hair fell out. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, so basically she was like, I'll fix your hair for you and I'll cut it and then I'll cut my hair the same way. And it will just say it's a luck, which is funny. That was so funny. Yeah. So then we cut to we cut to 1987. I think we Cinderella. skipped a bunch of stuff, by the way. If we're Dude, talking about the hair, we we ju we jumped way ahead. Less. Oh, go back. What did I skip? Lots of cover, but uh, we skipped over. They go to a crush groove party. Mm -hmm. Crush, crush, crush groove, and which I, of course I own the cassette of that, the crush groove soundtrack. They also get a, um, oh, uh, they go to a record company, Next Records, and they're given $5,000 for another single and a whole $9,000 to make an album. Yeah. And they're excited about that. Yeah. It doesn't seem that much, like, that, that much to me to make an album, but. It, it's not. But to them, it was probably yeah, a ton of money. And then you've, and then Herbie deliberately left Sandy out of that meeting. He's trying to cut her out of her share of, uh, you know, whatever kind of points they're going to get on this, and is trying to talk Cheryl into taking a beer cut. Mm -hmm. Now, was I imagining things, or was Papa walking around with a see-through shirt on around this period of the movie? It was so probably a mesh. There was a thing where they would have mesh and there'd be like a bra underneath it, but like a thicker, you know, heavier bras. Like Madonna. Yeah. 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 Okay. Must have been my reception. Yeah, it was like Madonna back then. Okay. So now are we at 1987? Oh, not yet. And so then they, uh, they perform a few gigs. So Herbie's oh, got yeah, them a yeah. few gigs and they perform at this club and they run into this skeezy guy named sweet tooth who looks like an oh, extra right. who looks like an extra out of a production of guys and dolls and he like takes a photo with him and it just looks sleazy and so then they go to show up after the the uh 
Oh, they they uh, go to another gig and they're going to go in the door and the bouncer's like, no, you, you can't come in. Salt and Pepper are here. And they're like, we're Salt and Pepper. And they find out that Sweet Tooth had some, like, try to get Herbie to, to manage someone he knows and Herbie didn't want to do it. So Herbie, to get back at him, hired these girls to be like a fake Salt and Pepper and do a, a show and so, like, Herbie gets up on stage, and he basically ambushes the show. They they go chasing after him. They kick the crap out of him. They kick the crap out of Salt. And uh, and and so, basically, Herbie, then they regroup, and Herbie's like, all right, I'm bringing on some people closer to our inner circle so we can keep a, a, a tighter ship going. Yeah. Fun fact, um, in the documentary... They announced that the fake Salt and Peppa was were Sandy and Cheryl's daughters. What they played? The oh, the actors, the fake Salt. Yeah. And Peppa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was Sandy. And <laughs> that Cheryl's would be daughters. a that would be a twist if their kids went back in time in a time machine and they're like, "I hate my mom. I'm going to ruin that her was life." Like brain operating now. That's a split second. I thought that they had real <laughs> daughters who were doing that. I don't know. <laughs> it's 2020. The, the actors were their daughters. We're working on it. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so now we're at the so now we're at the part where yes, yeah, Spinderella is not happy. Spinderella is being a diva. Spinderella got her ass fired. Oh, but Spinderella was replaced by another Spinderella. That's Spinderella. Yeah. This Cinderella. <laughs> What's that, Kurt? What'd you say? I didn't know that was such a common name. Cinderella. Yeah. Now, now, and here's another bit of trivia. Salt yes. and Peppa were on the Wendy Williams show last week, mm-hmm. and we find out, and this is true, that 16-year-old Spinderella came in, or... They approached Wendy Williams to be Spinderella, and spend and Wendy Williams turned it down because she was on the radio. Okay, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Wendy and Wendy because Salt and Pepper were on the Wendy Williams show. They talked about it. Hmm. So that I would think, have been I very think, different. You imagine that Wendy Williams is Spinderella, <laughs> right? Now I think Wendy Williams ended up making the right choice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all turned yeah. out the way it was supposed to, but uh, that's kind of crazy, though. Huh. And then I wrote here because I wrote here, oh, my God, I remember the Fat Boys because they got a gig opening yeah. for the Fat Boys. Yes, I remember that <laughs> tour. I remember that being a big deal. This was like a trip to the 90s, this movie. <laughs> Yeah, Fat Boys in the nineties. Yeah. Did you ever see the Fat Boys movie? Uh, it's yes, called, called uh, Disorderlies. They're yes, orderlies. They're orderlies yeah, like, for um, uh, what's it? Ralph Bellamy, and I think it was Ralph Bellamy's one hundredth movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and, and the villain, the villain was was Luke from Luke and Laura. Toy oh, really? Was the villain? Yes. And I I like this movie. <laughs> I saw that movie in the theater. Oh, no. Wow. I was reluctant to say I liked it. <laughs> I didn't go that far. 
But then, and I love this part, we get a push it montage. I called it a close up of boom boxes and radios montage. <laughs> <laughs> this movie and, did love itself a good montage less. I didn't mind any of the montages throughout this movie because it was all to the song. So it's like, oh my God, yay! Yeah. Um so then um oh, so then they're on a tour bus, they're getting interviewed. And then they show them they're going out like they're getting ready to go out like Sandy is getting ready to go out on the town and have some fun. But Cheryl, being very religious and conservative, was like, nope, I'm staying in. But Spinderella was all ready to go. And they're like, "Uh, no, Spinderella, you're 16. Keep your ass at home. And so Sandy. Maybe that's what happened really in the group. They're not really sure what to do with Spinderella. Sometimes she's like. It's something. It's the three of them. Sometimes it's the two of them. And Spinderella's kind of off to the side. Well, I I uh-huh. think if if you just look at the group as being formed by Sandy and Cheryl and them being the core of it, you know that they, they never really wanted to be a, the product that Herbie wanted to put out. And then Herbie's the one that's like, oh, we're gonna get you this female DJ up there too. So it's like she's sort of an accessory that was forced upon them. And at times they were okay right. with it, and at times they were kind of like, why do we need her here? That's my right. take, at least. Well, and then the fact that Spinderella could easily you just get another girl up there and it uh, proved how how essential she was mm-hmm. to the band, which was not very essential. Like, you know, we'll just get another girl and put her up there. Yeah. And call her the same so, name and hope the audience doesn't notice. Right. Exactly. It's happened. Oh, so they're out having fun or Sandy's out having a good time. And Sandy busted Herbie with another woman. And then Herbie basically blackmails her and says this line, which I've got to figure out how to fit this line in somewhere. If you tell her, I'm going to drop you faster than a teenage father. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So... So then Herbie starts being hard on, like in the recording sessions, he starts being very hard on Sandy. Mm -hmm. Like he really like is tough on her. And so then like, and he's like, he does the whole thing where he tries to pit Sandy and Cheryl against each other and compare them to each other. And, um, and so they're at like this recording session Herbie got a phone call. Um, Cheryl answered it, and it was a woman who was very brazen and was like, oh, is this Cheryl? We'll tell him to change his sheets in the basement. Like, she was, like, she was doing this to basically... It was weird because it was like she was trying to get under Cheryl's skin, but in doing so, she was ratting Herbie out. Right. For cheating with her. Like, it it seems like if you just want to rat out Herbie, you just rat him out. You don't need to make Cheryl feel bad about it in the process. Right. Right. Yes. But Cheryl, and, and 
and so Cheryl was hurt, of course. And this basically became like a running theme throughout the most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Herbie cheating on Cheryl, Herbie getting caught, Herbie basically not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah. So then we get another montage. And then they're in a concert with they're like in a in a, what would you call it? Kind of like a, a a packaged concert. It was them, Heavy D and the Boys. Well, they so were totally all remember. openers for the Fat Boys. I, it was probably right, so one of those cl- like MTV tours where they would have a bunch of artists that had like one or two hits, and then they would put them all together. So it was them, Heavy D, and MC Hammer. Yeah, hammer. Which would have been a fun concert, actually. And the Fat Boys now, and Kid and Play, too. Right. Play. Now, this is what I thought. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Neil Sedaka. Yeah, it was Neil a full Sedaka. lineup. Well, I just, I just thought it was funny because this is a part where MC Hammer's brother is giving Sandy <laughs> financial advice. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny too. <laughs> because if you don't, if, if you're not familiar with MC Hammer, MC, MC Hammer ended up just losing all of it. Yeah, he made an obscene amount of money and then like, you know, went crazy and like way overboard on his home and things like that and just lost it all. Like double digit millions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but then the good thing about this, even though apparently <laughs> his brother wasn't good at, at keeping him under control, but his brother did inform Sandy and share like Sandy that they were getting ripped off mm-hmm. because Jason, do you know how the point system works? Yeah. So points is just a percentage or like, you know, a percentage of uh pure profit off the album so let's say an album cost ten dollars to buy you know part of that goes back to the the label to cover the production costs and not just the studio time and the marketing but also the physical like producing of the the vinyl and putting it in the cardboard and shipping it to the store so they take all that off the top and then whatever is left and it's a small amount is split between the label and the artist and the songwriter and all that so artists generally make about six percent of the profit that's available so that's the six points six points yeah because he points out to um sandy sandy's like Oh, we get so uh, Cheryl and I get three points apiece, and he's like, uh, "No, you should be getting six points each one of you, and you need to like change this." Um. So um and oh so Sandy was smart so Sandy she so the brother was like you need to go and you need to tell Herbie that you want six points and so sandy asked the brother okay so tell me exactly what i need to say which i thought was very smart of her yeah very smart so you need to say and earn this mother out yes you you go tell them that you are too legit to quit and for those listening at home i just did the hand motions on on the uh, camera here for curtain less too legit to quit too legit to quit. Too legit to quit. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. And so, so Herbie kind of scoots out early, and this is when 
someone who told some was it Sandy that told Cheryl like you need to start writing your own songs because when you write your own songs you keep the publishing and make all the money and that's how you make your money mm-hmm. that's right that guy who played Herbie had a Kevin Hart thing going too the voice kind of sounded like oh yeah I guess a little bit I thought the the actress that played uh, Sandy looked like a cross between Tyra Banks and Kelly Rowland. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. Both of them are really hot, but one was like kind of like, yeah, they played the roles good because one was like a church going hot and the other was like a party going hot, you know, and that's exactly what they were supposed to be. So it works. But but yeah so um, but yeah so they were they were you know counseled to hey you need to start writing your own songs because that's how you're gonna make money and then they decided that they started to, that they wanted to write like female empowerment songs mm-hmm. which ended up being like their thing that was that's their thing yeah. and um, so then of course they have money now. So Sandy brought a new car. She didn't have the car with the hole in the bottom anymore. She had a sports car. And so, so Sandy, like, went out a lot. Sandy partied hard. Mm-hmm. So Sandy's in this bar. This guy comes in, and he's like, drinks for everybody. And he hits on Sandy. And then... Um, Was the guy's name Tata? I didn't get his name. He wasn't in the movie that long. I think his name was Tata. I don't know. He was cool about it. And then they established that Sandy loved to drag race people (laughs) in their new car. So then... So then Cheryl was, like, in the studio by herself, and this is, like, she started kind of picking up on how to produce. She, she'd been watching Herbie, and so she produced something, and she actually well, realized he bailed, she was actually good at it. He bailed on the session, and the uh, the engineer, uh, fake uh, Casey Affleck, and the, other, and the brother, JP, who's like a friend of Herbie's or whatever that was like managing their tour and stuff like that, he basically says, like, you know, you, you got to do this on your own. Do do the kind of songs that you want to do. And, like, you know what you're doing. You've been doing this for four years now. And she did it. And she did it well because that turned out to be their first single and the record execs loved it. Yeah, express yourself, right? Yeah. Express yourself. So then... So then Sandy is like, oh, so Cheryl's walking and this guy, Gavin, who was, I guess, at the session, was walking with her. Um, and you could tell he kind of liked her, but she was loyal to Herbie. Cheryl so set them home. up. I what? mean, San- Sandy set them up. Oh, okay. Sandy set Cheryl and, and Gavin up because she thought that maybe things were ending with Herbie. Right. So we could tell that Cheryl liked Gavin, but she was kind of holding out hope as well. Yeah. So then we see Sandy, and Sandy's having a, a good time with Tata. <laughs> There's a <laughs> montage. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was filmed like a video too. It looked like a music video the way they were shooting the sex scene. Oh yeah. Yes. And well, and something happened because of that video. Sandy found out that she was pregnant. Yeah. And Tata said bye bye because yep. he was not happy about it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's 1990. And they're actually, they've become more savvy because they're like, you know what? We want to re- renegotiate our deals. And, um, and, and they, they got to the point with Herbie, it was Herbie, right? Where they're like, mm-hmm. if you don't do this, we're just going to go find somebody else. And we're actually, we're, we have hit records now, so if you don't do this, we'll go out and we'll find someone else to manage us, and we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have here Eddie O. Who was Eddie O? The, he was uh, the guy from the label. He was the record label guy that signed them. Um. So then they they call him to renegotiate the deal, basically. Okay. Okay. They just, I just had Eddie O in my notes. So then there's a woman, she has a little baby. Cheryl sees a little baby. Cheryl's like, Oh, what a cute baby. And then Herbie comes out and says, Oh, Cheryl, uh, gotta tell you something. Uh, that's my baby. And this was a little baby, so mm-hmm. he had this baby behind Cheryl back while they were dating. Well, and this is at, like, and they're still dating at this point. And uh, the this is at Herbie's house. Like Cheryl's shit up there, and the baby mama and the baby are there. And Cheryl's like, "Oh wait, what's going on here?" This baby was like under a year old. Yeah. Then Cheryl's like, "Okay." we're done. I'm done with this. And then Cheryl, then we see her bulimia kick in. Um, Sandy, Sandy calls Cheryl. Sandy's in labor. Mm -hmm. Uh, We find out that Tata did not show up for the birth. And, um, and so then Cheryl is actually becoming very empowered and learning more about the business. So not so dependent on Herbie anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we find out that Cheryl started dating her uh, Gavin started dating Gavin. Mm-hmm. Then um, the song let's talk about sex comes out. Same. It's a hit. We see them. We see them on MTV Spring Break. Oh, we also find out at this point uh, because they're they're there, and we find out that Cheryl's pregnant too. Right. And so, um, could they find an actor to play Tom Green in the MTV Spring Break scene? That's funny. That would be funny. Um. Oh. Okay. So then they're at they're at the the Spring Break thing. Sandy's little kid at this point is like a toddler. Like, like what is he, like four? Like three, four? Oh, I didn't even think um, that old. So he walks, so like she turns her head for a second and like babies do, he like walked away. And so she, 
she couldn't find him. And then she finds this, she sees him and this guy's like holding the baby. And he's like, and he was Tretch from OPP. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, from Naughty by <laughs> Nature. OPP. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh my God, all these songs that I used to love. I didn't realize that he was the guy in the video. I didn't for, uh, for until- Is it Shoop? There, there, I think it's Shoop. Yeah. He's, he's actually the guy in the video. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was him. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the same actor? Oh, no, you're talking about yeah. the guy from Naughty by Nature. The, the Naughty by Shoop? Nature guy is in the Shoop video, yeah. Oh. Like it's a ca- like quick cameo. Okay. So, so they, and then they did this thing, like, I guess the, the director wanted a cinematic thing to happen because they do this thing where you bungee jump, mm-hmm. but... Sandy bungee jumped off of this crane, but then bungee jumped into a bed. Yeah, and and it was like a thing, and and they sort of started with like, oh, do you want to come on this crazy ride with me or something? And it was like, that, that, that cinematic moment would have had more impact if that were an overarching theme of the movie of, Hey, you want to come on this crazy ride and let, you know, let's go on this crazy ride together. But it was like, if it said that one time and then kind of dropped. Right. Um, so then the next scene there on Arsenio Hall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Arsenio would have been happy playing himself. With a guy who looked with a guy who looked nothing and sounded nothing like He Arsenio looked Hall. more like him than he sounded like him, but yeah, it, it was not Arsenio. Even the set, the set looked cheap. It looked like they filmed it in a, a room about the size of my bathroom. And Arsenio's set looked very big and open if you watch the show. Right. Now this next part. I kind of felt sorry for Cheryl and I kind of get it because what, what happens is they're being interviewed. Um, Arsenio is like, Oh, wow. You guys are doing so great. You're getting these hits and you and her are together and it's great that you're working together. And Sandy didn't say anything, but I kind of get like being put on the spot and you're kind of like, uh, uh, you know, she was They're on TV. Yeah, yeah. She it was kind of like a sneak attack, and it wasn't even and it wasn't even like a, a calculated bad sneak attack, but she was just kind of thrown off guard. I on one hand, I see what you're saying because it's like it's it's her business, but on the other hand, like she's doing press while she's visibly pregnant, and if it's not widely known that she's moved on to somebody else, that it's. You know, it makes sense that he would assume one thing and that she should just be comfortable enough to correct him in the moment. Yeah. In her mind, I guess she was sideswept. That was the way they were presented. For sure. Right. Well, the lesson that she learned is, I guess you better speak up because Gavin was not having this and Gavin dumped her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so now, uh, Uh, Herbie, so they're fighting about this album and they're fighting about the songs and Herbie had a set of songs that he wanted them to do and they and Salt and Peppa had a set of songs 
that they wanted to do. Hello, Les. Hello. Oh, there you are. So someone basically. So, yeah, you froze for a second. Go ahead. Um, okay. Uh, uh... Oh, you froze now. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Less, less, less. Hello, less. Hmm. Uh, well, less. get on the album. So, no. we, 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 you cut out so, for like a minute there, Les. So, hello? Less, okay, less, less. Stop. Less. Less. Oh, so I said I have this. Hello? So, <laughs> you were talking. Oh, can you hear me, Less? Hello? Can you hear us? Yes. I feel like there yeah, might yeah. be a delay because yes. I've been trying to tell you for a minute that we couldn't hear you and you kept Am talking. Am I frozen? No, but your your uh, you audio does not even remotely match up with the video. I'm going to end this call. And I'm going to start a new one. Okay. All right. Let's all hang up, and I'll start a new one. Okay. Hello. 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 Okay, I can hear you both. Hello. So, where should we pick up from? Uh, we started talking about um, uh, the fighting over the the songs. Okay. So, are we ready? Yep. Oh yeah. So yeah. So a. They were like, okay, play all the songs. Hello, hello. With, with their songs, we'll, we'll win. Yeah, we have and have. One of the hardest notes on because there was yeah. so much news in this movie. Because there was no blood and guts. All right, here we are. Okay. Sorry about that. It, it cut out right as soon as you started talking again. Okay. So they were having, they were basically fighting with Herbie about the album. And so, because they had their songs that they wanted, Herbie had his songs that he wanted. So someone brought up, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we play all the songs? And then the best songs will end up on the album. And so salt and Peppa had the better songs. And so their songs ended up on the album. And so um, I was laughing at this next part 
because Sandy called Cheryl. Cheryl was at church. Cheryl's cell <laughs> Fucking connection. Uh, Les, can you? Re- I, I don't know what you said. You cut out again. I don't know what is up with this connection today. You guys are both frozen again. Is he frozen? Bang. Hello. Because now you're frozen. I'm here. Oh, you're back. Yeah. I don't know what's up with the connection today. It's fucking terrible. Um, now that's what it is. Hold on one second. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, you're saying this next part made you laugh. Okay. So, so this next part made me laugh because Sandy calls Cheryl and Cheryl whips out her cell phone and the cell phone was like the size of a brick. And I totally forgot that phones were that big. And so Sandy called Cheryl with an idea. Oh, Sandy, Sandy's having a party when she calls Cheryl. And so basically, Sandy's idea was about a song. Tretch sees Sandy make this phone call and Tretch gets jealous because he thinks that she's calling another guy. Because she goes in a room, she goes in a room for privacy so she can hear. And he thinks she's calling some other guy, which was not true. Yeah. And I and also I was laughing because Cheryl was in church as she's having this conversation, and this guy like bumps into her and walks by, and I'm like, hey, that guy looks like Mario Van Peoples. It is. And it turned out it was Mario Van Peoples. Right. Give himself a give himself a roll. Right? He gave himself a couple of roles because yeah. he was in it again. Well, he was the pastor of the church. No. Yeah. It was one role. He just yeah, was in it. more than one scene. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, duh. Okay. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Mario, Pe- Mario Van Peoples has aged very well. Oh, yeah. He looks great. Yeah. By the way, we missed my He's favorite. Be... We we skipped over my favorite moment of this entire movie. Oh, go 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 go! Which what Cheryl, is Cheryl gave birth, and as she's giving birth, I don't know if it was her sister or who it was, goes push it real good. <laughs> <laughs> you know that whoever wrote the teleplay for this movie was like really proud of that one, and I applaud it. <laughs> I, I would say that too, man. That was your sister in that, that situation. Yeah. You're just waiting for an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Like, she, like this is the only time in her life she can make that joke and have it really land. Right. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing about that song, that song still holds up. Oh, yeah. You can good still enough. push it real good. Oh, baby, baby. A baby, baby. So it turns out, so it, so, so Tretch gets really jealous because Sandy's on the phone and they kind of allude to the fact that there was spousal abuse going on. Mm -hmm. But 
Sandy's idea was a very good idea because her idea was shoot, which was a, one of my, another one of my favorite salt and pepper songs. And so, and then I wrote here, Sandy and Cheryl both have cute, they have very cute kids. Their kids were very cute. Well, I like and that they're so, they're in, they're in this the recording booth recording Shoop, uh, and they're holding their kids while they're singing it, right? Yeah, and that's not a kid friendly song. No. <laughs> bring your daughter to work day, right? Come on, little kids, we're gonna sing Shoop. So, so um, Tretch shows up and he apologizes, which is like the cycle that you go through in abusive relationships. We find out that he had a song with Ghetto Bastard. Now, did you guys know who Ghetto Bastard was? No. Because I knew about Old Dirty Bastard, but I never knew about Ghetto Bastard. Well, um, oh, but then, Bastard. and then this is when they had... A shoop montage. <laughs> yeah, you're excited about that. Yes, yes, <laughs> but yes, and then and then it was all. It was not only a shoop montage. It was my other favorite montage when it's a band movie and it shows them going to different cities. Oh yeah, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you like but, that. But then you hear this part where they're making fun. Someone's making fun of their weight on the radio. Yeah. That's not um, and then we end up in Russia. So they're in Russia. Um, Cheryl's homesick. Um, then Cheryl basically has a sit down of sorts with Sandy and was like, look, you need to Tretch is, Tretch is a problem. And you need to, to handle it because he's and she was basically once again kind of suggesting that there was like spousal abuse going on. I, I like so that. Then, I, I like that she they had this heart to heart. And I agree that that Tretch was a problem. But also I agree. I think it's a problem that these two at this point in the movie are major superstars on a world tour and they have to share a room. Right. <laughs> you picture the Rolling right. Stones got a tour and Mick and Keith have to share a room. Yeah, home right. Share, share a hotel room. And then it was then it was funny because then Sandy starts starts teasing Cheryl about her vibrator in her suitcase. <laughs> so um, now this is when Cheryl kind of starts hinting that she's not so happy with being in Salt and Pepper anymore, like. She, like she kind of starts, she kind of starts hinting, like you know, I'm not really. It's starting to wear on me a bit, and it's starting to get old. Yeah. Um, she asks the big question: What is it all for? Like, what are we doing this for? Right. So then, um, so so then, uh, they have a little argument because they argued. Sandy and Cheryl argued a lot. They were basically like sisters. So yeah. they like argued a lot so then this next scene they're doing a performance for the essence awards which is a big deal 
And so the woman running the Essence Awards, Cheryl comes in and says, listen, I talked to the woman who's running this award show and she wants us to take none of, none of your business out of our set because none of your business at the time, it, it wouldn't be considered risque now, but at the time in the 90s, it was considered a risque song. I thought it was kind of odd, though, that they and, and I'm sure this actually happened, but it's it's kind of weird that like they were invited to perform at this show. They're already a certain level in their career and they're there to perform their new single. So why would the awards show even be dictating like, oh, no, you can't do that. That would have been agreed to before they even signed them to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, and so then they were like, Screw it. We're doing it anyway. <laughs> like, we're singing the song anyway. And so they sang the song anyway, and it did not go it did not go over well. Yeah. Well, didn't Herbie kind of strong arm and arm them into it? Because Cheryl didn't want to do it. Yeah. 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 Well, it was one of these Cheryl didn't want to do it. Sandy could care less. Yeah. I wonder if this, you know, they, they blamed it on Essence, but I wonder if this is, you know, because it was around the time Cheryl was starting to question why is she in this group? How's this helping right. my relationship with God? I wonder if she felt uncomfortable doing that song. Right. Because the funny thing is now she's extremely religious. Mm -hmm. She is extremely religious. Yeah, I saw... So that, Jason, that would make sense. I, I went to a performance of what was billed as Salt and Peppa, but it was really just Peppa, and she was singing to the backing track, so anytime they would get the Salt's lyrics, Peppa would just like be there on stage dancing around, and then they, Peppa would rap live. Really? Well, now, was this, yeah. was this during, which we'll get to, was this during the lean years? This is no. This is more recent. This is probably after the VH1 thing that kind of frames the movie. Yeah. This is probably uh -huh. 2010 ish. Really? Okay. And what kind of venue was this happening? Oh, like a, a gay nightclub. Okay. Yes, because they always, Kurt, these, all these divas, they always end up singing to the gays. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> my, one of my favorite memes that I've seen since the pandemic, it shows this crying black woman like staring at her computer and it says something to the effect of it's Deborah Cox filing for unemployment because gay pride was canceled. <laughs> 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 that is so that is so true because <laughs> deborah cox kurt who is deborah, deborah cox? cox is oh dear her big hit is called nobody's supposed to be here she's got a great voice she's immensely talented but she just never had like a massive career and she no. just always plays the Pride festivals. I actually saw her in a production of the the stage musical based on The Bodyguard. So she played the Whitney Houston oh, role. That? It was you so saw bad. That? It was so bad. It was. Did you see it at the Pentagon? It was laughably bad. Yeah, at the Pentagon. Oh my god! I don't know anybody. So you're the first person who I knew who who I know who saw that mm -hmm. because 
everybody who I mentioned I want to go, I wanted to go and see it was were like, uh, no. I got fr- <laughs> a friend of mine. Oh, actually, she's been on the show. My friend Nina gave me. T- oh. She had uh, season tickets. She couldn't go, and so I, I took her tickets. And went with a friend and like we were excited because I, you know, I love Whitney. I think the movie's crap, but I love Whitney. Um, And they were doing like so basically what they did is they took all of Whitney's catalog and worked it into the show. So she's doing songs that had nothing to do with the bodyguard. So it was basically a jukebox. A jukebox it, yeah, it musical. was a jukebox musical, which would be fine, except for the fact that like they're all songs from one artist. And Deborah, like Deborah Cox, while she may be talented, she's no Whitney Houston. So the entire show, right. you're just reminded of like, yeah, you're not Whitney, and you right. can't, and you can't dance. And there, there were moments where my friend and I were like looking at each other, like, oh, I want to laugh out loud, but everyone else seems to be into this legitimately. And we're like, what What are we not getting here? It was really bad. Now, did they sing the songs from the movie too? They did. Well, just, okay. the, just the Whitney ones. They didn't even do the other songs that are on that soundtrack from other artists. And there's a bunch of them. They only did Whitney songs. Okay, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that would, yeah. <laughs> I got the stuff that you want. I got the stuff that you need. <laughs> yeah, that one's in the movie. Yeah, that movie was pretty bad. I finally saw the movie in its entirety uh, last year on a flight to the UK. Yeah. So basically, I had to be trapped on a plane to finally sit down. That surprises me thing. that you didn't see it back in the day. Because, like, at, I feel like if you watched it at that time, it was such a big cultural phenomenon that it makes the movie more enjoyable. But if you watch it through a really critical lens, it's like, it's not a good movie. I thought, and I wouldn't one of the things about that terror. movie is yeah. it should have ended like halfway through. It's, you know, I'm not going to say why because I don't want to be accused of giving spoilers, but it should have ended earlier than it did. Elizabeth Shue shows up halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but no, I wouldn't defend the movie that ends the earth, but I, I, I liked it. I mean, I saw it at the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, watch it with a critical lens videos. now. What's that? Watch I, it through a critical lens now. All right. I mean, and that's the thing. I, I, I mean, at all the gay bars at the time were playing all the videos from the movie. So I basically felt like I saw it because I saw the videos like every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I Will Always Love You was on the radio every five minutes back then. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So, um, but... But if that is funny, though. Deborah Cox finally <laughs> And I love Deborah Cox, but Deborah Cox will perform anywhere at anything. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Eric Roberts can't be there. I'm there. Right? Seriously. <laughs> the Eric Roberts of gay bars. Oh, yeah. Eric <laughs> that's funny because i even went to an i even went to to an aa convention once and deborah cox was a performer she's good though the thing is she's got a great voice 
Okay, so where was I? Um, oh, okay. So they had just performed at the Essence Awards. Uh, did not go well. Um, meanwhile, Tretch once again gets mad at Sandy. Then Sandy and Cheryl start uh, talking, and we find out that both of them had daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then Cheryl, remember this? Cheryl got paged <laughs> by Kevin. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, that's right, pagers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and so um, a, new, a new label wanted to sign them. Herbie ended up suing them, which I did not know. They won. And so um, Herbie was and act- Herbie was actually nice about it after he lost the lawsuit. Yeah. So, so this next part, I should have been mad at Sandy, but I wasn't because okay. So Cheryl's at a recording session. Mm. She's waiting and waiting and waiting, and Sandy didn't show up, and Cheryl got so pissed that she got in the car and she drove over to Sandy. Oh, she, cause she called Sandy and Sandy's like, I'm sick. When there's like a whole party. Well, like somebody, she shouts, her. like some guy answered the phone. She like shouts down like over the, the foyer or whatever. Like, Oh, tell her I'm not here. <laughs> and there's like a huge party going on. Yeah. So Cheryl hops in her car she drives to Sandy's house, and the reason why I can't be mad at Sandy is the party did look really good. <laughs> Supposed to be working. And Sandy's house was fabulous, too. Yeah. But I agree with all that, like, but also maybe have the party a different time, different night. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why you could have parties like that, because you're making the music. And the funny thing is, when you think about it, I'm sure it was on a weeknight, too. Like, I'm oh, sure it was, yeah. like, on a Tuesday or something. Yeah. Yeah. This was and, a big, so shift, then, big shift in the movie. All of a sudden, right. turmoil between salt and pepper. Right. So then Cheryl shows up, and then this is the part that made me love Sandy even more, because Cheryl shows up, and Sandy's, like, running around her party just wearing a bikini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So I was like, oh, my God, I love her. And then I and then I love Sandy's excuse because Sandy was like, "Well, I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> I got tired today." I think you made excuses like that before, less. I do like the imagery <laughs> though of a uh, Cheryl in this like super bright red power business suit though too. I like that. Yes, yeah. and you can see like the difference in personality. You know what? Speaking of the costume design, I saw in the opening credits, the last name of the costume designer was Light. I thought, is that a relative of MC Light? Oh. Or or of Judith? Or Ju- Judith Light. Oh, Judith Light. Oh, was yeah. it L-I-T-E? No. Was it, it was spelled L-I-T-E? It was with a Y, like MC Light. Oh, maybe oh, it was. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe MC Light's cousin, Crystal Light. <laughs> I forget the first name. <laughs> oh, okay. So then they had a so then they had a 
fight. Uh, Sandy and Cheryl had a huge fight. Then Sandy had a fight with Tretch. Like, Sandy was fighting with everybody that night. And then she fought with Tretch. Then Cheryl goes home, and she has another uh, bulimic incident. Um, so we cut to 1999. Mm. Things are not going well. Nope. They signed because they, they signed with this new record record label, but the record label tanked. They're now at the part of any autobiography or biopic where the person who was once famous is now playing like shitty venues. And the tour manager was just this gross, disgusting looking guy. And it looked like they were playing in like um, banquet halls, but not even good banquet halls. Yeah, it's like it's like they almost met this guy not at his office, but he like, you know, they met it so like after some business seminar. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to the seminar. Just meet me afterwards, and we'll we'll talk. But here's the question, though, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't they still be making a decent amount of money because they had the publishing to all the songs that they wrote, and the songs that they wrote were popular. Um, it depends on how often they're getting played other places. Cause you're, you're only getting, you know, you're only getting, uh, royalties if those songs are still getting airplay. And okay. yeah. at that point in time, there wasn't as big of a nostalgia music market as I think there is now, just cause there's been more years of music over time and there's more outlets like streaming and whatnot. And the and the bookkeeping's a little more transparent than it used to be, right? Yeah, I heard an interview with a woman for the Go Go's, say uh, Jane. Her name was Jane Whelan. Jane Whelan. Yeah, she wrote one of their big hits. I think it was Vacation. Like, Vacation. Then so she makes an income every year. It's, so it was, you know, it, it depends how many commercials use it, or how many movies will use it. I mean, that's why Mariah know, like, is really all in on All I Want for Christmas is You because she owns that song and it plays incessantly over the holidays. Like, she could make a comfortable living just off of that song. Yeah, I think I, because I heard somewhere Mariah Carey, honestly, because of that song, does not have to work a day again in her life. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is the obligatory scene in a biopic or uh, when the, the group is going through their lean years. So they're playing these small clubs when earlier it showed them like filling up arenas and stuff. Uh, Sandy got married. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, they're performing and Cheryl starts getting ill. Like she faints. On stage, basically. While she's pregnant again. And so, yeah, she's pregnant. And she faints. And um, they're on their tour bus. And Sandy starts freaking out and saying, Cheryl, I just had a dream that someone's going to die. So then we see Sandy. She's at the doctor. Her doctor's like, you need to quit your tour. To because you know you're not doing well, you're pregnant. I'm sure at this point she was extremely bulimic, so the doctor's like, No, you need to quit. So then she's in Cheryl's in church, and Mario, Reverend Mario Van Peoples, 
is giving his sermon, and the sermon was yes, like sir. about food, right? Like it was like food. It was, well, he started. He used that as sort of the end to start the sermon, but it was a larger theme of like everything we we take. You know, we basically what we put into the world is what we get back. So it's like this powerful, powerful, powerful sermon. And Cheryl, you could tell that she's like just going through it. And then we cut to Sandy and Sandy, because she's married, is still married to Tretch, but that's not going well either. And so then... Um, so then um, the minister, Mar Reverend Mario Van Peoples, is like, you need to change, you know, and, and you can take your power back. And so then Cheryl, oh, so then Sandy had a fight and kicked her husband, Tretch, out at the same time as Cheryl was listening to the sermon. So then Cheryl calls Sandy and Sandy, because Cheryl had been telling Sandy for years to dump this guy. So Sandy's like, guess what, Cheryl? And Cheryl's like, wait, 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 I quit. And Sandy was not happy. And when she's talking to her, Sandy, she's still in church. She was still sitting in church, I yeah. guess, like an hour after. In the pew. Yeah. 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 They paid for that set, Kurt. So, They're using it. So, extra money. To so, um, so, um, so, yeah. Sandy was very upset, and then Sandy was like, "Well, that means that the premonition I had was about our friendship. It's dead." And she hangs up. And then, whose voice do we hear? Wendy Williams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but not spinning it up one time. She was stirring it up. Yeah. Right? That, it's so funny to think that Wendy Williams used to be very mean. Because, mm -hmm. like, now she's, like, you know, daytime talk show. She was very well, mean. Well, that was her her day. radio persona. when Because Wendy, if for those that don't know, before she had a TV show, was a, a long-running radio personality in New York. And then I think nationally syndicated at one point. Um, and that yeah, was, she her, was here her at one point. Yeah, her her brand was very uh, not bitchy. I wouldn't use that word, but she was dishy to the point of it being a little bit nasty. Yeah, like she because she was here for like she was here and then got her TV show. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So basically. So this was like 1999 when this was all go or early 2000s when this is going on, we then cut to 2005 and they had not spoken. Um, we then like, I guess, so Cheryl had made, like they tried to go out on their own and it didn't work. So Sandy, she she's like about it. to like sign on this huge venue and then the owner finds out that, oh, it was just going to be her. So he he turned her down. And so um, then they show Sandy. She's very down. She's very depressed. 
she's getting ready to cut herself because she was a cutter. And right when she was getting to getting ready to cut herself, the phone rings. It's VH1. And so they were being honored at the hip hop honors. And then it goes. So basically this was like one big, huge flashback. So then they're current and Queen Latifah, you know, announces them. They go on stage. They kill it. They're excellent. And they're now back together. Yep. And touring the world. And they're they friends. Did Vegas, they did a Vegas, regis, uh, a Vegas residency at like the end of 2019. Yeah. With, with uh, Cinderella. So, yeah. So now they're touring. Not right and, now. And yeah. And then afterward was the documentary, which was very interesting just because they were basically going through the movie saying, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, montage of their own movie. It does seem kind of funny to show a documentary after a biopic, which presumably should have gotten the facts largely right. Right, exactly. When I watched it, they had little exactly. Real sub uh, throughout. You know, they wanted to get it right. Pepper had wanted to do it for a long time. I wasn't so sure. Well, do you guys remember that show years ago called The Surreal Life? Yeah. Where they had a bunch of celebrities and they lived in the house. Yeah. They lived in a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember and- it was Corey Feldman and. Uh, Emmanuel Lewis was there. Hammer, I think, was in there. Uh, they yeah. had um, um, they had Flava Flav, and was it Brigitte Nielsen? Is that who he ended up That's hooking where up? They with? met and started her whole I inter- show thing. I interviewed uh, uh, Flava Flav first in some VH1 press room back when that show was on because it was for another VH1 awards show and I interviewed him and he was wearing a clock you know the clock around his neck and then kept checking the time on one of his two phones and I I pointed it out and and he didn't see the irony in it that I did (laughs) that's funny and then you had to use his catchphrase you know what time it is. <laughs> he yeah, did not. Boy. That's why yeah. he kept looking and not looking at the giant clock around his neck. Right. <laughs> and so like, you answered question too, because I always uh, wondered clock. if it had batteries or something in the giant clock. I don't know if it was working. I just, I, I did find humor in the fact that you're wearing, like you of all people should know what time it is right now. Right. I went to the Waverly Diner in Manhattan in the village and out came this, this like this like entourage of people. Here comes Flavor Flav So I walked up and said, Flavor Flav, I'm such a big fan. I used to listen to your songs all the time. And he put his pinky, his pinky. So I shook his pinky and he said, God bless you, man. Oh. <laughs> his pinky. Yeah, I shook his pinky. I shook Flavor Flav's pinky. I think you're holding something. So he offered me his pinky. Oh. <laughs> oh. So what did you guys think? I liked it. Quality. Yeah, I did. I thought, I thought it was very good. I wish it had well, been I, trashier because it would have been more fun to, to poke at it, but it was it was really well done. Yeah. The only thing, I didn't know it felt this way. I really liked it a lot, 
But yeah. the entire time, I just felt a little weird because I was like, there's no blood. There's no killing. There's, <laughs> there's no murder. <laughs> They're diversifying. They've, they've got uh, different kind of stuff. This is but I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the, I wonder if Lifetime will ever make a like a biopic movie on uh, on us. You know, a Lifetime of Hallmark biopic. You never know. It'll be like it'll start out like 2005, and like we're like Les and I are in Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati meeting at the Fringe, where Les comes right. up to me at the festival and says, "Hey, don't worry about that bad review you got. That 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 latest no." It's like, all right. Oh, that's right, because of Jackie Demoline. Yeah, Jackie Demoline. Yeah, you, you came up to me at the end of the festival. You're like, you're like hey, listen, you know, don't worry. <laughs> and we were friends ever since. And we've been friends ever since. Yes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Am, am I the Spinderella in this scenario? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh, and you guys hear, Spender, Spinderella was not happy about this movie. No, no. And she gave some interview, and Spinderella is Spinderella is kind of bitter. Which, like, re- real Spinderella or Spinderella 1? The real one. Know you know what? what? I think real one. Okay. Like, Yes, Spinderella was not happy about this movie, and she was not happy about how she was portrayed. Which I feel like she was portrayed poorly. All that bad. Oh no, no, no! I read she was happy about the way she was portrayed. She's not happy that she wasn't like a part of it, and she's not happy about her relationship with them. She feels like they kind of like cut her out. But she, she well complimented the actress. She, she, she said that she, she, she complimented the actress who. Played her. She just said, "I wish that she had had access to her, so she could you know, help her out. Yeah, so I could coach her on being Spinderella. <laughs> Apparently, I can coach her on that. <laughs> oh, come now, <laughs> you're not Spinderella. <laughs> Spinderella. Well, if I'm not Spinderella, then I'm definitely Wendy Williams. that's the documentary i'm looking forward to the wendy williams one yeah and i hope it's trash drama yeah yeah me too and and then after so then after the wendy williams movie there's a documentary about her and it's called wendy williams what a mess (laughs) what a mess what a mess well maybe i'll watch that I will so, watch I'll, I'll watch the, 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 the first one, definitely. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of... <laughs> Spaced out there, Les. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on my website, leskirkendallbarrett.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at Les Kirkendall Barrett. Shoop, 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 shoop. Jason. You can find us on Instagram at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. 
and go to kurtfitzpatrick.com. That's Kurt with a K. And on March 6th and March 14th, I will be in my one-man show, Hooray for Speech Therapy 2021 at the Rogue Festival. And I've got details on my website about Oh, and I'm in a show there too. And if you like podcasts, I have a few other podcasts. I have a podcast uh, called The Reality Reading Rainbow, where I read books by reality stars. Uh, this week, I'm once again interviewing Ronald Richards, the legal analyst, uh, and, he's, and he's updating me about the Erica Jane from the Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills embezzlement case. And I also have a soap opera podcast called Soap Opera Love in the Afternoons. Anything, oh, and then of course, please, wherever you're listening to us, give us a five-star review. We would love that. Anything else? I think that's it. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.